As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. everybody and welcome to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Weekend's almost here. Some weird stuff going on. So today, I mean, you know, we like to get a little goofy and stuff. Uh, but these are mini-games and we do these mini-games just so it's not like, Jake, let's talk about David Montgomery. Yeah, Eric, let's talk about Derek Henry. Um, so let's, uh, let's get into it. I just kind of shaped these questions a little bit around the players. Uh, play along at home if you'd like. Jake and Eric. Uh, Moody, you won the coin flip. Would you like to defer or go first? You know what? I'll, I'll defer to Jake uh, for this week. All right. Jake Seeley, I need five words to describe David Montgomery, and not just David Montgomery, but David Montgomery being number 22 in Fantasy Pro's expert consensus rankings this week. All right. Uh, let's say I'm trying to count it in my head. How are people ignoring Bucks? That's five. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, you mean the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Yeah, the Milwaukee Bucks. Can I, can I say Hauer? Can I, can I like apostrophe the Hauer? How are people ignoring Bucks D? So I get like this the fifth word in there. I, I think I like that. Yeah, that's uh, yes. So Done. there you go. You can do the improv, like how's people ignoring how's, Bucks D? <laughs> yeah, there you go. How's people yeah. <laughs> ignoring Bucks D? That's That's really what it comes down to. Why ignore the Bucks D question mark? There you go. See, look, this is you, all right. There you, we go. <laughs> Thank you for helping me with my five words. <laughs> well, Jake, you're struggling there. Howard, I don't know if we can let it. That's not a Scrabble word. That doesn't work. Uh, Eric Moody, uh, what's your thought on this? Yeah, I would say five words for um, Montgomery. I, I would just say better days coming for Montgomery. I think I believe that's five. Uh, that's five. That's beautiful. Okay, man. so so the, the the opportunities are there. I'm like he's getting the volume. Tariq Cohen is obviously out for the season. Uh, you know, with the ACL, uh, it's just this matchup. <laughs> you know, going against the uh, the Bucks. Uh, for this week, you know, things kind of open up, I guess is what I'm trying to say, uh, you know, for sure. the rest of the season. And so that, that bodes well, you know, for uh, for Montgomery. So, uh, again, I just think better days are ahead and he's still someone that I would just recommend, you know, trading for if someone's looking to kind of move away from him. So that's all I got. Jake, usually, I mean, like like Moody said, Tariq Cohen's out. 
um, you know, for the season. Usually when that happens, you just assume that that lead back is going to shoot up the rankings. That's why I was expecting David Montgomery to be like 10, oh. honestly, 10 or 12, I, right? I kind of felt like this was a little high because David Montgomery is still David Montgomery. And that's the problem is he's just uninspiring as a running back. I have David Montgomery at 26. So it's really the fact that the Buccaneers defense stifles everybody. I think the longest, I think they have one or two runs against them of 10 plus yards. Like nobody runs against them. Just like they, nobody ran against them last year. Nothing's changed. And Montgomery is like, honestly, if we're talking running backs, Montgomery, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, like he's the young one, but he deserves to be in that whole conversation of like, we watch him and like, why is I guess, why isn't he doing more? Because he is the young guy that should have more to offer, but he doesn't run any better than any of those guys. Wasn't it? But I mean, like it, a year ago, weren't we saying like, oh man, don't say we, Jordan Howard's nope, the don't worst. Don't say we. A lot, weren't a lot of people, Jake. <laughs> Saying uh, the royal we, said, oh, Jordan Howard, he's terrible. He's plotting. Uh, so glad he's gone because David Montgomery's amazing. No, see that, and right? that's the, like, and now everyone's turning on David Montgomery. I'm glad you said, except for you, was, except for you, and Emery. I'll, I'll give out Emery a shout out on this, and maybe even Eric when he chimes in. But the thing is, I'm glad you said mm-hmm. Jordan Howard because that's a good comparison. Is David Montgomery similar running back? Take what you give him, but doesn't do a whole lot. Everybody went off these PFF broken tackle numbers from college. And just as we saw last year, which we also saw this year before Zach Moss got hurt, is that doesn't mean a heck of a lot. Like in college, a broken tackle, remember, the broken tackle stack is like once you get touched, like it could just be an arm slapped at you. And it's a broken tackle, everything after that. In college, it's a lot easier to break tackles when you have offensive lines outplaying the people that you're facing. And it ends up being an arm tackle or somebody swiping at your leg or something like that. It's not a true like you bowled somebody over. So I'm not saying David Montgomery doesn't have talent. I'm not saying Jordan Howard doesn't have talent, but these guys are getting inflated because of one specific stat that people hear in their mind. They're like, oh, broken tackles means nobody can bring him down. He's not Derrick Henry. Speaking of, uh, yeah. and Eric, I want to get to you in a second, but speaking mm-hmm. of our old friend Emery Hunt, um, he actually made another good point, Jake, that I thought you were going to bring up, in that if, if you've got a broken tackle stat, that means people are touching you. That means they're getting to you. So it's also just by itself isn't the greatest of measures. Correct. Um, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, Eric Moody, is, I mean, would you have put him, well, you do ranks. Where's Montgomery for you right now? Yeah, he, he's around that, uh, you know, that expert consensus, according to Fantasy Pros. Yeah, I have him as a top 25 option, but then, you know, with that matchup against some Buccaneers, he's not a guy that, you know, I, I believe that can exceed, you know, that, uh, you know, I would say that ranking. And, and I do agree with Jake from what he mentioned for where, I'm like, if you're just looking at like kind of one stat as like the end all be all saying, oh, well, he did good at this one. Of course, he's going to do, you know, great, you know, for this season. So he does look better this season. I will say that. I'm like, if you look at his expected points and uh, fantasy points over expectation, I'll give a kind of a little disclaimer on what those are. I'm like, he has improved, you know, from last season to this season, but still he's not that kind of guy that can, you know, kind of transcend like, you know, mediocre offensive line play. To Jake's point, he is going to get, you know, what's there. But when you look at like expected points, that's basically just raw opportunity, you know, that a player has, you know, how that relates, you know, into fantasy points. But then you want to see with those opportunities, you know, how efficient is that running back with those opportunities? And that's where fantasy points over expectation comes in. And the number is pretty flat if you look at it. So, you know, again, he's going to need really good matchups to, to thrive. The volume's there, but it's just not going to happen this week. All right. Fair. Um, let's move on to number two. Uh, this is, this is more of a strategy question, but I was curious about this. Uh, Eric Moody, we're going to you first. Rank these three things in order of how you'd want them. 
Number one, you have no major injuries so far this season. Number two, you still have $89 worth of fab. Or number three, you're three and one. How yeah. would you how would you want those? If you could pick those, how would you want those right now? Yeah, I'll, I'll take the three and one record, uh, first of all. Second, I would like to have no major injuries. And then three, you know, with, with fab, you know, I would I'd have the fab rank number three. All right. Jakey, how about you? Uh, I would take the actual the, no injuries at this point because I know I'm sitting pretty. I've seen a lot of people say, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm one and three. Look at this roster. What should I do? And I was like, look, just hold tight. These things happen. Like some one guy in the comments of the rankings was like, I've lost by less than 10 points all three games. And I was like, you know what? This is fantasy football. These things happen. If you're healthy right now, you can go make trades. Uh, you could actually just weather through it. You could go get Christian McCaffrey if that person can't wait. You could get... You know, these people on buy like Kenny Galladay, if, you know, if somebody's sitting one and three, you can't afford another loss with Galladay on a buy. You can go trade for him. Those are the opportunities you can go do. Uh, so that's I would rather have that one first and then the three and one and then the fab last. Yeah, I, uh, I was thinking about this myself. I was actually so this is a situation that I'm in and I'm like, man, I wonder which one of these like if you took one away, because it's same thing, Jake, like I'm reading all these people who are just like and I'm not mocking them, but, you know, oh my God, woe is me. Uh, and I'm like, I've you know, been pretty lucky here in a couple of leagues. Yeah. Um, anyway, all right, that was just a quickie. That was, that was a quickie strategy thing. Uh, number three, if someone offered me Derek Henry for Joe Mixon, I would blank. And Jake, I, I built this question actually with kind of the mess that's going on uh, in Tennessee a little bit in mind, but also like Joe Mixon finally showed up. And it's, I don't know, is he going to keep showing up or is this going to go back to Giovanni Bernard? There are a lot of ways you can frame this, but if someone offered me Derrick Henry for Joe Mixon, let's say it's .5 PPR, that's what we like to play with here, I would blank. If I could survive this week without Derrick Henry, given the situation which we're speculating, I would run and accept before he pulls it off the table. Really? Yes, 100%. Because, right. I, like, again, if I, I talked about this on the podcast when we did the ranking show. If you told me the rest of the season that – Zach Taylor got his head out of you know where and is going to use Joe Mixon like he just did and just use the best player. Like Emery always says, just use your best player. Then I'd be like, no, I'll take Joe Mixon because Joe Mixon has top five potential. The problem is that was one game. That was one game of a, a, a kind of a we different game script that we've seen a little bit. It's not completely off the rails, but is that going to be going forward? Like when they're down this week, which we expect – is Giovanni Bernard going to be on the field? And until I'd see that happen at least twice where he's not, I don't just buy into Joe Mixon all of a sudden be back into this conversation with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry by himself, even without PPR volume, deserves to be top five. Joe Mixon's still not there yet. Eric Moody, how about you? If someone offered you Derrick Henry for Joe Mixon at .5 PPR, you would blank. Yeah, I wouldn't end up accepting the trade. I'm like, you look at perception, I'm like, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, I would say most people in the fantasy football community kind of view these guys as workhorses. So look at Henry. I'm like, he's averaged 30 opportunities per game, you know, through the Titans first three games this season. You look at him on film. I'm like, he's a guy that has a rare combination of power and speed. That's really difficult, you know, for defensive coordinators to, you know, to plan or strategize for. But I'm like, you look at the Titans last season. I'm like, Henry was a big part of their success. And I think the offense will go as far as he takes them. I'm like, the Titans, when you compare them to the Bengals, you know, they have a better, 
you know, offensive line. Uh, you can look at pro football focuses, run blocking grades to evaluate that. I like using multiple sources, you know, as you know, Nando and, and our readers at The Athletic and, and subscribers. Yes, sir. And so, Shout them all out, Moody. Go ahead, yeah. man. And so I'm like, if you look at like uh, football outsiders adjusted line yards, and that's really a metric that quantifies like offensive line play or at least tries to, I'm like, the unit ranks fourth. And I'm like, Henry, you look at his schedule. I'm like a very favorable schedule, um, including like if you look at the fantasy playoffs, like for down the road, I'm like, he's got matchups against the Jaguars, uh, Lions and Packers, you know, from weeks 14 through 16. So I'm like, he can end up being like a league winner again, you know, for this year. And he's got some good matchups in between that time frame as well. So, again, that I would just quickly accept that trade like Jake mentioned before it's pulled off the tape. All right. All right. I get we got a consensus. Good to see. Um this is going to be Eric Moody first. And I thought, I thought on first glance, I thought I had an answer to this one very quickly. But when I think about it a little more, I don't know if I do. Would you rather have Darrell Henderson and Cam Akers or Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins in a PPR league? Eric Moody, you want the Rams or do you want the Ravens? And not the full backfield, just these two. On your roster, you got Darrell Henderson and Cam Akers, or you can have Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, I'd rather go with Ingram and uh, Dobbins. You know, those are the running backs I'd rather have. Um, one thing with the Ravens, I'm like, they are committed uh, to running the football, but to also, I would say, provide their running backs uh, opportunities. You know, I was kind of looking back at some uh, some data. You look at Baltimore's running backs, you know, they averaged 27.3 opportunities per game over the last 20 games. I'm like, you look at fantasy points over expectation, I'm like, they've averaged 4.3 fantasy points per game more than expected over that time frame. Now, you look at the Rams, on the other hand. I'm like, haven't been nearly as effective, you know, with their opportunities over that same time frame. Plus, you have to deal with the headache, you know, that is uh, Sean McVay. And uh, I know Jake mentioned some great things on um, on, on one of the athletic podcasts around, uh, you know, just some of his conversations that, that he's had with former players around, oh, well, so-and-so had a great week in practice. You know what? I'm going to give Malcolm Brown some opportunities and, and dealing with that kind of nonsense. One thing I love about Greg Roman is that he has been very upfront heading into this season in August that, hey, this backfield will be a committee. Touches will fluctuate week to week. You look at the you look at all the opportunities amongst this backfield. I'm like, that's confirmed. I'm like, they all have an eerily similar amount of opportunities. But again, I go back to offensive line play because I'm an ex-offensive lineman. I'm like, their offensive line, you know, is, is much better than the Rams, in my opinion. They actually rank third in adjusted line yard. So again, I'm going to hitch my wagon to Ingram and Dobbins. Do you, uh, just quick follow up on that, man. Do you, I mean, when you, you quote football outsiders in the offensive line play, I mean, that's obviously, that's something that it's not just like some stat that you just picked out one day from Googling. Like you were an offensive lineman. You see the, the, you know, what your eyes are telling you match up with these statistics, right? Yeah. Yeah, they do. I, I like watching, um, you know, kind of watching the coaches film, you know, of, of games. Cause it's a lot easier, obviously to, to see what's going on with the offensive line than, you know, when it's being, uh, when it's being broadcast. And so uh, I always like kind of watching the offensive line first and kind of work my way out. And so I do like to look to see if what I'm seeing with my eyes correlates with what some of these stats and things are saying, but then to add another layer to it, to look at different stats. Cause if someone, if they're trying to argue with you about, you know, player X is better than player Y and they're only quoting like one stat, I'm like, I'm going to have a plethora of stats plus what I see with my eyes to combat what you're saying. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So I like it. I like it. This is why Moody's here, everybody. Not specifically for that, but for little things like this, they add up. Um, Jake, how about you, man? Would you like this Darrell Henderson Cam Akers combo or the Mark Ingram J.K. Dobbins combo? Yeah, no consensus on this one. Uh, mostly because I don't think anything's changing in Baltimore until somebody gets hurt. Like uh, I would rather have Dobbins 100 percent 
if I knew Mark Ingram was done. But the Baltimore situation, and if everybody stays healthy, that's where I'm going with this. We can't assume injuries on either side. So let's say both backfields for your your choice, your question here, are healthy. The Baltimore situation is never going to clear up. I can see a scenario where the Rams do. And I think by the usage of last week and some of the reports, sounds like Akers going to get a chance. So I just feel that earlier than Dobbins, Akers could get the chance and be the guy. That's really what it comes down to. Is I only want one of these four, and it's Akers over Henderson more likely than Dobbins over Mark Ingram without an injury. Gotcha. Man, I like this. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I want to say well, I've never seen this before, but I'm sure we've seen this before. Um, Darrell Henderson just kind of being awesome for two weeks. And I think Jordan Rodriguez, you know, said like blew the, the lid off of things and then plop. Well, I, um, I, I sent you the text that, that Emery's referencing that I've mentioned on the other podcast. These are former players explaining exactly what happened. I mean, do you want me to real quickly for the people that might not have heard go through it again or just go listen to the other podcast? I think it's fun if we just keep it vague. No, I mean, really quickly, because I, I think it's it's contextual here. We don't have to make people listen to other podcasts, right? No. And then fast forward. Do you have the timestamp? I mean, <laughs> I mean so the quick version is, as Emery said, and was one of the one of the scouts who wasn't the former running back, but as Emery said, as Eric just said, is coaches will see things in practice, good or bad, could be a missed assignment, and they hold it over and have grudges given a week or excitement given a week. And then the other thing is they game plan similar to the Colts, and they might have said Hines has a good matchup situation for us to succeed today. And then even though when it's not working, the quote from the text was they often play the best players from the week, not necessarily of the day, meaning they don't play the best players that day, even though they should, that being Jonathan Taylor, yeah. and they stick with them because they get cute and think the game plan is going to work. Well, we love Naheem Hines here, so don't speak ill of him no, anymore, don't. Jake. We liked him one week. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't let go of people, Jake. I know. Uh, Jacob, leave it to your turn again. You have the odds. If someone offered me Adam Thielen for Miles Sanders, and let's call this a .5 PPR, I would blank. Need to know more. <laughs> like, oh. I, it's, it's really, it's contextual. That's a fair trade. I will say that. But Okay, that's, that's what I'm kind of looking for. Yeah, I, I'm reluctant to give up running backs. I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, this is just a proof of this is also why I hate playing in expert leagues because nobody ever wants to trade. I'm sitting on wide receivers. My top three are Thomas Galladay and Keenan Allen, and somebody has three running backs of James Conner, Aaron Jones, and Alvin Kamara, and I didn't ask for Alvin Kamara, but his wide receivers suck. My running backs suck. I said, look, we match up perfectly. He said, oh, yeah, I'm going to want you to overpay for a running back. Like, whatever, screw you. I, like, uh, I was going to, like, I said Keenan Allen for any of them, like, either of the two. And who was that, Jake? I'm not going to say. So I was like, Keenan Allen. For, I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Keenan Allen for Aaron Jones or James Conner. And he's like, nope. And that was all it was. And I was just like, okay, thanks for the good conversation. But the point being is, and I understand it to a degree, is people are reluctant to give up running backs. So I'll lean Sanders. Back <coughs> to I mean, I so – I got offered a trade like that, and it was actually for Darrell Henderson. And eventually, like, the guy gave me so many counters. He obviously very much wanted Darrell Henderson. This is before last week, obviously. Uh, that I finally said, okay, cool. But I didn't want, like, I didn't, I was looking at my depth, and I got a lot of it. And I even got Le'Veon Bell coming back. And I was still like, ah, I just like to have those choices, man. That's just me. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Eric Moody, how about you? If someone offered me Adam Thielen for Miles Sanders, I would blank. Yeah, I, I would decline. You know, I'd rather have Sanders. You know, we, you know, we talk about flexibility, like you mentioned, Nando, with having running backs that are getting 
volume. I'm like, it's such a rare commodity, <laughs> you know, in fantasy yeah. football. So I'm like, he's going to get a steady dose of opportunities per game. And so I just look at it this way. You've got a lot of depth at the wide receiver position. I think it's easier to stream the wide receiver position in order to replicate wide receiver one weeks. But here's the deal with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I'm like, they, you know, they've had a, a similar number of targets and air yards over the last two games. And I think this situation will continue to evolve into like a 1A and 1B scenario. I, I do have some concerns like with Thielen. Uh, just with like his his age and if you look at like kind of breakout and decline um, you know data you know you look since uh, the year 2000 I'm like only 23 wide receivers have exceeded you know 230 PPR fantasy points or more you know during their age 30 season and I know he was one of those guys that really broke out like a little bit later and so I I just have my doubts that Thielen is going to be able to uh, like sustain you know this production for the rest of the season but to to kind of tie it back to the question you know I just rather keep Sanders in this scenario fair me too I think actually yeah. So, uh, and speaking of the Heinz, we will not tolerate Thielen slander on the show. Jake, <laughs> I make the rules, and that's up for a vote. <laughs> <laughs> Let the people decide. Um, all right, so coming up, uh, I threw some candy rankings there for Jake because it's Halloween time. Uh, I want to know about Terry McLaurin's stock with Kyle Allen, the quarterback, Rob Gronkowski's over under on touchdowns coming up. Um, AJ Green, if he's a free agent sitting out there on your waiver wire, I don't know what you guys are going to do with it. Little Devontae Freeman, another five words bringing that. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back. And let's jump right back into this. Jake, I'm going to let you go first. I know it's not your turn, but this is your thing. By the way, you can do do candy rankings again for this. You're going to refresh that list. It doesn't really change that much, right? Uh, Yeah, I can change it a little bit. There might be like new things or, you know, my taste has changed a little bit. Tell you what, man, Rolo started putting, instead of individually wrapped Rolos when you buy the, the bag, they put them in two, almost like, you know, like they're packaged like Kit Kats. So you don't have to, you know, meticulously unwrap the Rolo foil. Anyway, just like, stop, yeah, just stop with the, with the foil, period. <laughs> well, I, now they don't have foil anymore. Um, so, Jake, rank these candies for us. Pez, York Peppermint Patties, Hershey's Special Dark Tiny Bars. So, I, like, this is so nando because these are like three, well, two terrible, terrible, terrible choices. Like, so Peppermint Patties. I'm not, I'm not saying one. I love these. I think they're so, three random candies. I'd like to know your rank. They are super random because York Peppermint Patties are the only of the good ones here. So that's one. Then Way and DFL is the special dark. And then beyond that in a garbage pile somewhere are Pez. What if I told you you got the dispenser with the Pez? I don't even care. Just give me the dispenser. 
All right, well, I mean, you got to get the Pez to get the dispenser, Jake. Does that change All your mind? All right, rank? well, then, then just dump them out, and I'll keep the dispenser. Okay, fine. Eric Moody, where are you on these <laughs> uh, on these candies? Pez, peppermint patties, Hershey's special dark. All right, so my rankings on this, you got to have York peppermint patties, number one. Number two, Hershey's special dark. And number three, Pez, which I am shocked that Pez is even on this list. I can't even think the last time that I had one. But I actually really do like the mm-hmm. uh, the York uh, peppermint patties. I'm like, those those are solid. Like, the, you know, I would say those uh, peppermint patties, and even the Hershey Special Dark. Like you have a cup of coffee, you put one of those bad boys in there and just let it melt. So good. <laughs> That's what I'm talking dude, about, Jake. This dude is like a freaking coffee addiction. Over here. I know. Yeah, I was going to say, like, every road goes back to coffee somehow. <laughs> you somehow tied <laughs> something that had to do with Pez to coffee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving along. Let's give uh, Eric Moody, I'm going to switch the order and give you this one because we let Jake have the last one. All right, there we go. True or false? And, you know, maybe maybe true or false wasn't the right thing because this is kind of an outlandish statement. But the most underrated handcuff in fantasy right now is Robert Griffin III. Um, and I'm basing this off Lamar Jackson missing practice yesterday with a knee issue. And then that kind of vague, soft tissue kind of injury that he had before the season started. And it got me thinking, man, they, they basically have a similar quarterback right behind him. So anyway, true or false? The most underrated, maybe how false is this? Crazy false or just a little bit false? The most underrated handcuff in fantasy right now is RG3. Eric Moody. Yeah, because I was thinking of this question and I was like, I was not sure which direction that Nando wanted to go, but I can go multiple, kind of multiple directions. So I would say, um, I guess in the context that you mentioned, uh, you know, I would say um, it, it's false, but it's not, I guess, crazy false, you know, as, as you mentioned. It's just, you know, RG3 isn't obviously as mobile as he was like in the past, you know, I guess we can thank uh, Mike Shanahan for that and kind of how they handled the early part of his career in uh, Washington. But it's a whole nother uh, conversation uh, that we won't go down. But I would say, right. uh, yeah, I would say crazy false. But I was just thinking immediately when I was thinking underrated handcuff, are we talking about QB or, or you know, at running back? And I was thinking, you know, Jameis Winston. I'm like, that's a guy, you know, that's out there that's finished, you know, as a QB one in 42% of his career games. But then I was thinking about running backs. I know this is a guy I mentioned in the uh, Under the Radar column this week is a, a deep 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 you know kind of sleeper if you're really in a pinch and you need to start someone would be uh tony pollard uh, oh yeah he was in your column this week. yeah yeah i'm like I, I just have a problem with uh with ezekiel elliott's uh, like effectiveness it really continues to wane and i think it's even really noticeable for this season i just love to see pollard get an opportunity to thrive uh if he were ever uh featured but uh i guess as far as underrated handcuffs those are some guys for you jake uh Keep in mind that we still haven't pulled out how angry can we make Jake. That's our going to be our new game, one of these shows. But give me the degree of falsehood that the most underrated handcuff in fantasy is RG3. Uh, I would say – I was going to say I'll give you 90% yes on this one, uh, only because the other option I was going to bring up, thinking along your same lines, was something that Eric just said. I was going to say Jameis Winston. I would give Winston – the underrated handcuff over top of Robert Griffin just because Winston is going to fling it around and he's in the Saints offense. Uh, Robert Griffin's going to run, but question the arm and also question Robert Griffin staying healthy because he is going to run, but he doesn't run as much as he used to, so he loses a little bit of the value. So I'll go Winston. If you would have said Winston as your choice, uh, Eric kind of one-upped you with this one. I would have said 100% well, no, Jake, with you. We're all friends here. It's not a competition. Yeah. Eric improved my question. All right, let me ask you this then, since you guys both brought up Jameis Winston. If this Jameis Winston thing actually happens, uh, would that – and I guess this is like a chain of questions here. Would that make you want 
Well, they're all related, though. I mean, like, okay, so Jameis Winston comes in. Now, maybe that's been the problem with Emmanuel Sanders is he hasn't had the right quarterback throwing him the passes and looking for him. So does that jump up Emmanuel Sanders' stock? And then should you go try and grab him right now on the cheap, possibly anticipating? I mean, two guys here talking about a backup quarterback who's about to maybe possibly jump in. Who's A, whose fortunes would that change? Would that make Emmanuel Sanders better, a better fit? And B, should you go get him then if you believe so? Jakey? Uh, uh, you just kind of, this is like inception level stuff now. <laughs> like on the, the fifth, who does this? All right, fine. Well, all right, well, you know what? I'll ask you about more Quinn. What do you want to know, Jake? <laughs> no, Which no, no, three no. sodas do you prefer? No, I'm just saying, like, I just, I wouldn't go that far with it because Jameis might come in and if they're running, when Thomas is back, do they decide to run more three? with, you know, Traquan out there more often? Does he like Traquan more than he like Emmanuel Sanders? I think your, your question is the fact that Jameis Winston throwing more potentially because he is overly aggressive, but I don't think it's going to be the same as what it was with the Well, throwing more and throwing better, though. No, no. That's where I was just like, he's not throwing better. He's throwing more aggressively. But this is right. also a team that relies on the backfield with Alvin Kamara. This isn't three wide receivers and no backfield like he had with the Buccaneers. So, it could be Sanders. It could be Smith. I think one of them could see an uptick in value. So if Sanders is on the on the field more, then maybe yes. But where I was with you like ninety percent before, I'm like fifteen percent with you right, on this well, one. Thanks, Jake. We're still <laughs> friends. Uh, Eric Moody, really quickly, do you think? I mean, is is maybe maybe just forget about everything with with Jameis Winston? Is Emmanuel Sanders a buy low right now? Yeah, I, I would say uh, I would say he is, especially if you're in a, in a deeper format. Uh, you know, he's not a guy I'm looking to rush and, and put into a, a lineup. But if you're in a really deep league, you know, 14, 16 team league, I'm like, you can get him on the cheap now and uh, the targets will be there. Right. All right. Uh, speaking of which, quarterback changes just so happens the next question's about that. Jake Seeley, mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin's stock just went blank, just went way blank with Kyle Allen installed at quarterback. <laughs> way same. I, I All really right. Don't. That's fair. Yeah, right. Because it's funny, you know, or I don't know if you're perusing the comments on the rankings, but this is a common question. This is where I got it from, actually. So the the issue here is I could see where it hurts the offense in the backfield because Kyle Allen is a I don't want to say terrible quarterback, but he unlike Haskins, he's going to make poor decisions as we've seen and can lead to interceptions and turnovers. So where I'm saying like I'm not that concerned about McLaurin, you know, maybe this actually does help Logan Thomas or a second wide receiver if Sims is still out, maybe Inman starts to do even more than he's been doing, or maybe Gandy Golden starts to get some run because they have to throw more. So I say because they have to throw more because of Allen, maybe that hurts Gibson a little bit as much as I love what Gibson's been doing there's there's my concern. My concern is more about the backfield than it is Terry McLaurin. Eric Moody? Yeah, I, I agree with Jake. I'm like, his stock stays the same. Uh, I think the perception amongst many um, that are playing you know, fantasy football is that his stock is going down, which, again, creates like a, a really good buy-low opportunity for McLaurin. But I'm like, the guy proved last year that he can thrive like catching passes from multiple quarterbacks. I'm like, he'll still lead Washington in target share and air yards. And then even with Kyle Allen, I'm like, DJ Moore was still able to be productive last season uh, catching balls, you know, from Allen. So it stays the same for me. All right. Um, let's move on. Jake, hmm. you're second on this one. True or false? Eric Moody, the biggest winner with the Bill O'Brien firing is Duke Johnson. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking false on this one. I, I, I right. do believe it's uh, it's David Johnson. I'm like, you know, he's he's seeing a high number of opportunities uh, per game this season, a little bit over 16. Uh, my concern I mentioned a couple of weeks ago was that uh, he's only getting or averaging, excuse me, 3.5 targets uh, per game. And so for a guy like Johnson, it's really important for him to get out in space. Now, 
Now I know what you know listeners may be thinking. You know, he's not the same guy he was, you know, back in 2016. Yeah, I totally understand that. He's not the running back that he once was, but I mean he still ranks in the top 25 when you look at like abated tackles and, and other metrics like that, you know, from player profiler and, and other websites. But I think this Texans team will look completely different under interim head coach uh, Romeo Cornell. I think uh, with JJ Watt's comments and just the and just other things, it seems like it was some real like negative vibes, you know, in that organization. Even some things that were even more deeply rooted than uh, than what we know as an outsider looking in. And so I think this team will be really reinvigorated, you know, very, very positive vibes going into this week. And so I do believe that uh, David Johnson will benefit greatly from it. Uh, Jake, yes. have you tried? Okay. No, yes, Duke Johnson? Yes, Duke Johnson. Get out of here with David Johnson. This is David Johnson's, bleh, like, okay, top 25. Eric, come on, top 25, blah, whatever. You know who's top 25? Every starting running back, almost, because there's only 32. Get out of here. So Duke Johnson finally can be freed, finally can be used more than he is because Bob refused to use him as a bell cow all the opportunities where he had to use him as such when the injuries were in front of him. I don't think Duke Johnson should be a bell cow, but he should be involved a hell of a lot more. I am 100% on this. I am 100% off the David Johnson's going to be anything. What are you as? Ooh. Three years ago? <laughs> wow. All right. I'll, hey. I'll chime in real quick because it's – Mr. Uh, Moody, yeah, you have, you have 30 seconds. Oh, I don't even eat that long. No, I was, so I was, so joking. Was, I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, you know, it was top 25, like in innovative tackles, just thinking about like with his, uh, his athleticism. But, but the thing with Duke Johnson is just like, if, if they wanted Duke Johnson to, to get work at all the, you know, the, the games he's played and teams that he's played with, I'm like, he would have been used that way like so far. So it'll be interesting to see. Maybe we can follow up on this for next week, but still think it's uh, DJ or, or David Johnson's backfield. They're both DJ, Jake. but anyway. <laughs> Jake, you going to let him say that about your analysis? No, he can say he can be completely wrong. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so just, I guess I wanted to frame it in this way, and just, just a thought that Romeo Cornell is going to give that offense Tim Kelly. Uh, we just don't know what Tim Kelly does as an offensive coordinator, basically, right? I don't think we've had a look at him because Bill O'Brien's kind of like, quote unquote, the offensive coordinator, kind of always over his shoulder, I guess. Um, it'd be interesting. All right. Moving right along. Uh, Jakey, Jakey. Nope. Eric Moody. Doesn't matter at this point. Let's go with Moody. Uh, Moody over under Rob Gronkowski touchdowns rest of the season 4.5. Yeah, this was, this was a tough one, but my, my first thought was, uh, just to take the, take the under, uh, I just have some concerns of Gronk and, you know, it's the number of routes that he's run. I'm like, he's only run a route on I think 96 of his offensive snaps, uh, you know, for this season. And he's averaging, you know, a dismal, <laughs> you know, less than one yard, um, per route run, according to pro football focus. So we got OJ Howard. He's out for the season. Uh, the door obviously remains open for Cameron Bray to be more involved, but they just have a lot of pass catchers that are also looking to get fed. And Gronk even said it himself, you know, we'll see if it's some truth to that. You know, I was always brought here to be like a, a blocker. So we'll, we'll see if that comes to fruition, but I'm just taking the under. Jake, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Slightly under, only because I don't know. It might just be Cameron Brait. It This doesn't really change a heck of a lot, besides the fact that Brait steps in for OJ Howard, who isn't as good as a blocker, and that's the biggest issue that's been with OJ Howard before this, which is very similar to Rob Gronkowski. The difference is the Pats had him on the field ninety percent of the time. He's the better blocker than Cameron Brait, so I'm still concerned about how many routes he's going to be running. So I'll take the slight under. I, if you would have said three point five, I would have hesitated more. I might have taken the over. Well, originally I had five point. Actually, originally I had six point five. Like, no, no, no. no. So this is let's just let's let me slow my own roll on Rob Gronkowski. Um, Jake Seeley, true or false? 
if I was super, super duper desperate, I would be taking a look at Khalif Raymond and Nick Westbrook Akine. They're the two Tennessee Titans receivers who are basically shot up the depth chart just because A.J. Brown's still hurt, Corey Davis COVID. um, And Khalif Raymond had a 118-yard game in week three, back in week three when they last played. And look, Titans a mess right now. We don't know what's going to happen with that game. My gut is saying it's not going to play, but just in case it does, uh, there's some gems to be found. I mean, they got to throw it to someone, right? Well, so kind of if you're thinking about this, uh, Raymond – Probably the one, you know, he was briefly on the Giants and showed at times when given the opportunity. That's probably where I would lean. And if that's kind of like this, this scenario where you say, you know, take a shot and desperate is like if you want to wait out this game. Like similar, let's say we're going down the route of last week where the, the latest report as we're recording this says Monday or Tuesday might be a possibility like we just saw with the Chiefs situation last week. So if it's Monday and you want to wait this entire time and hold out hope, then that's kind of what you do is, you know, Raymond's your backup plan if nothing else goes and if you're trying to wait and A.J. Brown can't return. That's where I was kind of going with this. So if you want to wait on A.J. Brown, that's where I would go with Khalif Raymond. Well, Moody, here's here's kind of how I want to frame this to you is that, so say say they don't play this week. Um, Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys are still on the COVID IR list for three. And I don't know if three weeks counts for this week or if it starts counting next week. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to err on the side of saying that it counts for this week. Um, that still makes Khalif Raymond the number two wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. And that's, that's a, a decent passy team, uh, with Ryan Tannehill and, you know, just throwing a, a good amount. Does that, I mean, are people overlooking him? I know the 118 yard game, only three targets. I think he had one long 61 yard catch, but that still leaves like 57, you know, for the other two, which is decent. That's just how I feel. Don't feel like you have to assent, but, uh, I don't know. Khalif Raymond, Eric Moody, go. Yeah, yeah. I'm like you brought up some some really good points, things that things that I were thinking about too, and, and Jake did as well. I'm like if you're looking at you know AJ Brown and backup plans and all that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm on board with Khalif Raymond. All right, that was, that was easy. It was good. Yeah, yeah. I like I'm it better. Than you like, guys fight. It, yeah. it just it just makes sense. I'm like the the targets could be there, and uh, like all these NFL players and, and receivers, you know, running backs, et cetera, are talented. I'm like the opportunities there. The guy could thrive. So it sounds like that may happen. All right, uh, AJ Green. He's been dropped a lot. I think he was, he was, I think, a very easy drop for a lot of people this week. Sad, but easy drop. Uh, Eric Moody, if he's a free agent in your league, you are blanking AJ yeah, Green. I, I'm just leaving him there. You know, I'd rather not pick him up. Uh, I, I would rather have someone else in my league, you know, deal with the headache. Uh, one guy, you know, that I'd rather have would be uh, T. Higgins. You, you know, I'd rather have yeah. him for the rest of the season. I'm like his uh, offensive snaps continue to rise, and uh, Higgins is even out targeted Green like over the last two games, and so I just see that trend, you know, continuing. And, and just from watching, you know, some of the Bengals games in, in Green, I'm like he 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 just does not look uh, he does not look right. And maybe this is just who he is moving forward, you know, just given his age and the injuries. But you know, T. Higgins is the guy that's ascending in this offense, and the guy I'd rather have. Jake, is that rust or is that toast with AJ Green? He's super toast. Uh, right. This is this is you forgot the toaster was on and you come back and there's smoke coming out of it. This is like uh, I would just see him on the waiver wire. You said blanking. How about remembering the good times? Just pour All one right. out for him. Yeah, sing the song in your head. That it was fun, but t- times have passed. I like that. That's he might get sweet. to hang out with T. Y. Hilton soon. Oh, so oh, T. Y. Hilton's not a drop for you though, right? Uh, he's one week away from it. Oh, Jakey, really? Zach Pascal is the number one. 
He's number one. And it's not just the past week or two. Zach Pascal, even including the fact that he wasn't the true starter because of Paris Campbell to start the season, is out there. More snaps, more routes, higher target percentage, higher production. This is Zach Pascal is now the number one, and T.Y. Hilton's hanging on for dear life at this point. All right, Jake. Well, let me ask you this. And actually, no, hold on. Let me ask Eric Moody this. Since we're here, let's pull the curtain back a little bit on how things work at the Athletic. Uh, we got our depth charts and injury tracker, uh, you know, powered by Eric Moody, but everyone kind of pitches in here. I can do it right now. I'll open it up right now and move Zach Pascal to number one um, if you think it's worth it, Eric. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with that. It's All right. um yeah, let, let, uh, yeah, let's go ahead. I guess you can make the update or, or I can. It's uh, I'm I'm with Jake. I, I do have some concerns over uh, TY Hilton. I think last week for me was like could this be the week that he gets it done. <laughs> and it uh it, it we said that four weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah, and then it, you know I was you know I'm I'm patient, but you know I'm I'm running out of straws here. <laughs> so I'm right there with Jake thinking that hey, it's just it just may not happen, but uh, Zach, you know, Pascal maybe may end up being the guy. Uh, is it this Philip Rivers thing, or is this a toast thing? I mean, I, I think it's a, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. It's, it's a combination of both. And, you know, this has happened to do how the team is constructed. It has to do with the toast part is T.Y. Hilton not being able to handle the number one coverage at this point. And then the other side of it is Philip Rivers not being able to get him the ball even when he's well covered. So it's a combination of the two. This team's running 12. It's running 13, one of the f- only two teams in the league that are rolling out three tight end sets. So it's just they don't really need to go to him. And, you know, they don't need to force it to him, and you can't force it to him when he's not the T.Y. Hilton we used to know. So, again, I would give him one more week because you don't want to see it happen this week and then be annoyed, especially with how thin waivers are. But we just, in my opinion, I just wrote it up in the waiver column this week, dropped A.J. Green, Anthony Miller, uh, who else is on that? Marvin Jones is willing to, you know, I can drop him at this point. T.Y. Hilton, if he's not in that same conversation, one more week he will be. All right, uh, so officially, Zach Pascal has been updated. I clicked the red button. Zach Pascal, the Athletics depth charts, number one wide receiver for the Indianapolis. Go Colts. Monarchs! Represent ODU. And that Jake just manipulated us into doing that. So, <laughs> oh yeah, Jake, you know you love him so much. Why don't you want to buy the Fulgham rookie card that I sent you last night? Five dollars nah. and fifty cents, free shipping. <laughs> Are you gonna send it to me? Uh, I was actually thinking about buying it for you and sending it to you, but then I remember that like, I didn't was Fulgham the guy who didn't want to talk to you at the combine? No, he's the one that did sit there for 15 minutes and we talked the entire time and some butthead walked over and asked, he's like, oh, can I ask him two questions? And the two questions were about O'Shane Zimenez, who plays for the Giants, who's the defensive lineman coming to ODU instead of asking him about himself being that Travis Fulcom. So that pissed me off. But we sat there for 15 minutes, but then he said he wouldn't come on my podcast because he doesn't like to talk that much. So whatever. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, Jake, the guy gave you, well, all right, um... Uh... <laughs> I'll have still to think about him. this. Still, I might, yeah, I might still, still get you the card. Jake, just tell me your address right now live on air, and uh, yeah. I'll send it to you. <laughs> One, two, three, Mutumboed. All right, fine. Uh, in exactly five words, Eric Moody, tell me about Devontae Freeman. Ooh, Devontae Freeman in five words. Uh, the Giants back to roster? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it works. Okay, I, I, I'd go with that. It's not one that I'm, I'm overly excited about, just given the ineptitude yeah, no, of, no the, of the Giants' like <laughs> offense. But you know, I look at uh, Freeman. I'm like, he led the backfield like in snaps and opportunities like over the last two weeks. So 
it shows me that he separated himself, you know, from Wayne Gallman and uh, Deion Lewis. So I'm like, he's got a stellar matchup, you know, against the Cowboys this week. I'm like, the only two teams that have allowed like more PPR fantasy points per game than the Cowboys are the Seahawks and the Atlanta Falcons. So I would say if he can't get it done against the Cowboys, then that's uh, we, we've got other problems that we'll end up discussing. But uh, he's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Five words. More bursts left. Uh, that's it. You're going to give you three. More oh, more bursts left. left. That's it. Works, Jake, actually. Yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, when you say more burst left, that's a good thing, right? It is a good thing. I think oh, yeah. we were, like, again, the Giants are going with 54% of the snaps last week. They gave him touches in his first game back when he himself said that he wasn't in game shape and just looked like he looked spry on plays. I would you know what? I think he's got the same amount of burst left that everybody wants to give David Johnson, Eric. So, you know, at least uh, I know that this is, this is his backfield, although he's on a terrible team with a terrible offensive line and terrible quarterback play who, you know, nobody wants to tell, talk about Daniel Jones being benched, but that's cool. Jake, don't get mad at me, but would you rather have Devontae Freeman or David Johnson? Devontae Freeman. Oh, Eric Moody, I think you're going to go the other way, maybe. Oh, like a Nando stirring the pot. I like it. I that's like it. Sorry, I like man. It. That's what I do. I like it. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll still end up going with uh, going with David Johnson. You know, better uh, offensive situation. Deshaun Watson versus Daniel Jones. And like I said, I, I think I think this uh, Texans offense on both sides of the ball is going to surprise people this week. Okay, last one. You are three and one in a dynasty league. You have Nick Chubb. Someone offers you Jake Seeley, Le'Veon Bell, and Dearness Johnson. For McCole Hardman and Jerry Judy, do you say yes? I say don't ever send me another trade offer. No, Jake, come on. We're friends. No, don't ever send me another one. No, I say (laughs) hell no. Get out of my inbox. This is trash. I want nothing to do with your opinion. Eric Moody? (laughs) I don't think you would be that rude. What's funny is that when when I first um, heard that trade, you know, I was thinking what Jake just said, you know, like, like, hell no, in my mind, I, I would, I would probably position that to the other player in my, in my dynasty league a little bit differently, but no, hell no. <laughs> All right. Let me ask you, would you guys, would you guys send it back uh, for just Hardman or just Judy or counter? Like, I'm, let's, let's just put it this way. Who's a young wide receiver or maybe two wide receivers and you have the entire world in front of you. So yeah. Would you, you know, would you say Henry Ruggs? send back in that deal. I'd say no cuz Jake I know you like rugs a lot. Um maybe Tim Patrick like Moody who would you who would you counter with seeing what this person's kind of going for? Ooh. Or would you not or just not want Le'Veon Bell on your team at all? Like just stay away from it. Yeah, that, that was that was a thought that immediately entered my mind. It's like I just don't want to have anything to do with uh with Le'Veon Bell, you know, just given the situation yeah. that he's in with the Jets and also his age and he's at that point where he's really hitting that wall and things will decline even further. I just I just don't want him on my roster. Jake, was that the same reason? No, I mean, I would take Le'Veon Bell immediately. I think that this is your buy-low window about to close. Uh, Not that I'm super excited, and he deserves to be in the same conversation as David Johnson. But, again, we're going to come back to it one more time, Eric. If we're making apologies for David Johnson, how are we not doing it for Le'Veon Bell, who now has pass happy to the running back, Joe Flacco, at quarterback. Uh, I'm I'm buying Le'Veon Bell. So, to your question of how you have to construct this going back, I'd be willing – I'd be willing to deal Harbin because, again, like I love Harbin and his talent, but he's still buried, and Tyreek Hill's not going anywhere for a while. Travis Kelsey's not right. going anywhere for a while. Simon Watkins might be gone next year, and then Harbin has some intrigue, 
But, you know, maybe Harbin by himself for Le'Veon Bell and just drop the Dearness Johnston part of it. I could see doing that. Uh, or, you know, maybe to what you were saying before, like the Tim Patrick, you know, go ahead and sell high on him because he's not going to be a long-term dynasty option. Right. I would assume that this team offering you the trade is 1-3, and 0-4, oh and, and it's like, all right, let me just play for the future right now. So that team is looking for some young talent. And I, this, yeah, I guess this really was more about Le'Veon Bell coming back. What's that? I mean, that everyone likes to joke about the Jets and destroy them, and they bring it on themselves. But you know, as the receivers get a little healthier, Joe Flacco, he's a good backup to have, I guess. Right? I mean, like he's he's been okay before. And Le'Veon Bell could be good, maybe, possibly. Yeah. No, I mean, Adam Gase is could. coach. Is he coaching for his coaching for his job? I would assume he has to know that, right? Yeah, I was about to say, I don't even know if he knows that. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> dude. So maybe he'll try some razzle-dazzle. Who knows? I don't know if he knows anything at this point. <laughs> that's not nice, Jake. Uh, I, I, I think we're all being honest here when we know that's the truth. Well, I mean, I, I forget. Someone said something. It wasn't complimentary about him, but it kind of explained him a little better that he was – actually, I think it might have been Emery on, on this podcast um, saying, like, you know, he's, he's a bit of an introvert. And that's just that just doesn't play in New York. Like maybe you know some people are maybe better for coordinator positions. No, here's the truth, and this isn't to be like, haha, look at one of my most successful tweets. But it kind of is. But I said, like, could you imagine how good Peyton Manning would have been if he didn't have Adam Gase? Are you saying Adam Gase held him back? Yes, it was a tongue-in-cheek, like, because Peyton Manning is, like, one of the, the greatest quarterbacks of all time. No, Adam Gase's entire career is off Peyton Manning. Like, he would not be here if not for Peyton Manning, and we've seen that. Adam Gase doesn't deserve the position he has now. Didn't Adam Gase, uh, oh, man, every time I want to bring this guy up, I forget. The Denver Broncos running back who was, like, washed up and, like, fourth on the depth chart and had, like, the 1,200-yard season. What does that have to do with Adam Gase? Wasn't he the coordinator at the time? I mean, that you could do that. You could argue that was Shanahan. I guess you're right. That's it's tough. The, this is what I'm talking the, the about. Shan- the, it's the Shanahan family, which still to this day somehow has this unexplained that nobody can figure out how they make every running back good. This, I mean, true. Like <laughs> you've seen enough film, you can figure this out, right? With this entire, this, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan is doing it right now. He makes every running back good. How has the 31 other teams in the NFL not figured out how to stop Shanahan's running backs? Better son, uh, Kyle Shanahan or Scott Turner? Mm, Kyle Shanahan. I think it really, you had to think about that? I hesitated for a second. Man, this Kyle Allen thing in Washington really has me bummed. Mm-hmm. I like Dwayne Haskins. I was in on Dwayne Haskins. I think it's... I think it's insane and ludicrous. And speaking of Emory Hunt, he's DMing me right now about people trashing Haskins and not trashing Daniel Jones. And it's just, it's ridiculous. He's right. Actually, if you want to like, so Emory last Tuesday, we did a show and we talked about it and uh, you can go back and look it up. It's it's part of this show in the feed. If you're already subscribed, you've, you've obviously listened to it, but uh, if not, it's worth going back. Like, and just hearing some of the stuff Emory has to say about just, you know, the, the black quarterbacks in general. And uh, even, like, down to where people think, like, Dwayne Haskins is a rushing quarterback. So, anyway. Yeah, that was an assumption that people had at college, and he doesn't. He yeah. runs he runs if he has to, and I say has to with emphasis because over a full season, you might get 100, 150 rushing yards from him. He's, that's just not who he is. And 
I, like the, the same thing with Emery and I, I tweeted this out earlier this week is like, we want the guy, the quote from the team from Ron Rivera is we want to see improvement. He goes out and throws 71% of his passes for over 300 yards against one of the worst matchups you can find in the Baltimore Ravens defense. And that's not improvement with the collection of talent that he has. He has terrible chlorine and crap. And oh, didn't you like him. Steven Sims? Uh, Steven Sims wasn't out there. I did like Steven Sims. Steven Sims has been banged yeah. up the entire year at this point almost. Yeah, true. Yeah, I've got a got a couple of things like I'll, I'll add to that. Like, I was pretty high on uh, on Haskins as, as well. And like you were talking about Nando with kind of that perception, you know, black quarterback, you know, running quarterback. I'm like, he, he's, a, he's a pocket passer. I'm like, and it's just, it's yeah. just disappointing that uh, – with the way that Washington is run and it kind of starts, you know, from the, the ownership and it kind of filters down is that they're not giving him kind of more of an opportunity. I'm like, you think about how crazy this off season was like with COVID, a lot of the things that he could have been doing like with his uh, playmakers on offense, receivers, running backs, et cetera. I'm like, he wasn't able to do really a lot, a lot of those things. And so I, I do feel like he, um, you know, he needed more time. It kind of makes me think about the parallels where you're, you're looking at, um, like NFL, you know, again, that's a career, you know, that's their job. It's uh, it's kind of like the equivalent of someone like getting demoted or terminated, like in corporate America, without going through a proper corrective action process, like without being put like on a performance improvement plan or, you know, doing to like a verbal or a final notice. It was just like, oh, yeah, by the way, hey, you're 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 out. And in the Jake's point, I'm like, he's shown some improvement week over week over week. So, again, just a really disappointing, uh, you know, situation and uh, just unfortunate news and mistake, in my opinion. I know I tweeted about it as well. So, well, I guess, you know what? I guess we'll know. Let me wrap it up. I'll wrap it up like this. I guess we'll know. Like, if Washington sucks and they don't win for the next five weeks, they are going to go back to him using this logic. So, that's why he's a bit of a buy low for me. Because they're saying, oh, you know, we're going to win now. We got this easy schedule coming up and we need Kyle Allen here to help us win. So if they get crushed, you got to go back to Haskins because that's the logic they used to get him out of there in the first place. Yeah, because um, they just might turn to Alex Smith. And the difference is, is at least Haskins was showing signs of improvement. Daniel Jones has done nothing but honestly regress. I don't want to hear a schedule. We don't, you know, apologize for half the quarterbacks in the league for facing schedule. And to go back to what I just said, Haskins threw for 300 yards, completed 71 of his passes, percent of his passes against the Ravens defense. And we're not talking about, we're, you know, Daniel Jones, always had a tough four games to open the season. You know what? He's also got five interceptions and two touchdowns. He has 17 interceptions through his first 17 games, including that's not including the fumbles. Like, can we it just it's baffling. Sam Darnold gets every damn excuse in the book. Jake, you sound uh, like a guy who may or may not have bought. $200 worth of Dwayne Haskins rookie cards. <laughs> no, I, I sound know. like a guy that's like, I don't, you know, it, it's tough. And you know what, Eric, you can finish out this conversation. It's tough because I don't want to be the, like people are going to say, oh, you're on that other side of things. Like this is, I do feel like what Eric and Emery are saying. And I can't say from your position because I am not what we're about to say is this is a race thing. I feel like is like we give white quarterbacks a ton of passes, a black quarterback, you know, messes up for a few games and they want to yank the plug. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. I'm a, we got to do word cloud. We do word cloud. Yeah. What's that? You know, those word clouds <laughs> where you take all the words associated with one quarterback and the, you know, the ones that are used the oh, most are the, the big overlap? ones. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, we got to wrap. I'm sorry. Like, this is getting good and we got to wrap. Uh, Moody, last word if you got it. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I agree with what uh, what Jake mentioned. I'm like, you've, um, what we'll say the, the margin for error is it, it, it's a lot, it's a lot smaller. 
And again, it could be some other things too going on in that organization, which which we're not privy to. But as an outsider looking in, you know that that's what I see there. And it's crazy, kind of tie this in with some of the metrics to close us out. I'm like, if you look at like these four games, I'm like, if you look at like passing fantasy points over expectation, just kind of how efficient that quarterback is. I'm like, if you look at uh, like Sam Darnold, you know Daniel Jones, and like Dwayne Haskins, I'm like Dwayne Haskins, you know has. Um, the highest like, you know, uh, passing fantasy points uh, over expectation out of, out of that batch of quarterbacks. But again, this is a guy that's going to be on the bench now for, for Kyle Allen. <laughs> just, it just yeah, blows my mind. Go. But again, that's, that's the way the organization is run. So ownership influences so much. And I think we have a, a scenario here where we're seeing how the wrong decisions can continue to derail like a franchise. So I'll close this out on that Nando. All right. Uh, great show. Despite everybody not liking Pez, uh, we can get by that. I think we can get through that together as a group. Uh, <laughs> for Jake Seeley, for Eric Moody, for Michael Beller, run of the ones and the twos, I'm Nando DeFino. This has been the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to The Athletic for just $1 a month at theathletic.com slash fantasyfootballpod. Thank you all. Good luck with your games this week. On to week six next time you hear us. Goodbye. Goodbye.